this, uh, this center, I've come to think over the last few years, I've come to think of it as a, as a bridge. Like most any Buddhist center, I assume, or any kind of religious place, there's a connection from here to the teachings of the Buddha, to a very ancient tradition, a 2,600-year-old tradition. It's not a secular <laughs> meditation center. <clears throat> it's very much, um, in many ways, a religious place. Uh, and also open to anybody who's interested in any part of the practice who comes in the door. <clears throat> One way that it is a bridge, and that I think of it as a bridge, is uh, that we take our instruction, we have a strong connection with monks and nuns, in our lineage of Buddhism. So we have a connection to the Thai forest Theravada lineage of Ajahn Chah. Ajahn Chah's in the back, he's looking at me. <laughs> and uh, Long Por Pasano's up here looking at you. <laughs> so, so between the two of them. <laughs> behave, <clears throat> remember, uh, we could remember to mm, bring an attitude of kindness and compassion and generosity and awakeness <clears throat> and goodness and community into the room. We're pretty well supported in that. So, you know, when someone comes here for the first time or for the 15th time or comes back after a time away, it, it might not be immediately obvious that there's this enormous kind of a lineage and support system underlying this place. I mean, we have the pictures on the wall. Uh, <laughs> But we also have kind of these living examples in our daily lives. We have a, one of the reasons that Portland Friends of the Dhamma was established was to establish a Buddhist monastic presence in the Pacific Northwest. A lot of people don't know that, you know. We didn't uh, start up here to hang out <laughs> together <laughs> with other people, although that's an enormous benefit. And there was um, you know, a, a real strong, sincere interest on Sakula's part, she's our spiritual director, to sit with other people who are interested in this particular framework, in this particular lineage and tradition. Um, but there was also an interest in bringing this monastic presence to Portland, to the Pacific Northwest, to be able to access it um, locally. And so in 2000, 
<laughs> about 14 years ago. <laughs> Uh, Fifteen years ago, we kind of got into that in earnest, and now we have a small monastery out in White Salmon. We've had the small monastery out there for about 13 years now. <clears throat> We're affiliated with a lo much larger monastery down in California, and they're affiliated with a huge network of monasteries in the West and in Europe and in England and um, in Thailand. And so... Uh, we're a bridge to this 2,600-year tradition, this ancient Buddhist tradition. Um, but what's also with here right now, what's, what's also with us right here right now, is this enormous uh, support system of living human beings doing this work 24 hours a day, <laughs> even, you know, without breaks, you know, without Netflix breaks. You know. <laughs> without dinner, <laughs> you know, living uh, uh, many hundreds and thousands of people uh, in this tradition, living a contemplative life. And um, those are the people I consider to be my teachers. <clears throat> so, you know, again, walking in the store, you wouldn't see that, you wouldn't know that. It doesn't matter. You know, what's offered here on a Sunday morning or here on a Friday evening or here um, during a day long. It's absolutely beautiful you know, in and of itself. It's a quiet, beautiful space full of people who are um, committed to a life of being awake, being compassionate, being kind. Being still, if you just came here to meditate, that is a-okay. <laughs> Being still is the hardest part, in my opinion. It's the hardest part, in my, in my opinion, in my experience. <clears throat> calming the body, calming the mind. But having these, these teachers to rely on, having this training to rely on, having this framework of Buddhist practice, uh, to rely on in addition to the meditation, the work around stillness and concentration uh, has been enormously transformative for me and I think for this place, for this community. <clears throat> There's not just one thing happening here. This afternoon, at, at 1 o'clock, we're going to have what we call an upasika renewal. And so one of the interesting things about being a bridge is that sometimes I'm using uh, language that some people understand and other people don't understand and some people have never heard of and other people don't care about and some people are really into it. And I never really know if what I'm saying <laughs> is landing. <laughs> because... You know, it was years and years before most things I heard here landed with me. You know, I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I like it, so I'm just going to keep showing up. <laughs> but that's me, you know. Uh, so what we're doing this afternoon is called an, an Upasika Renewal. It's at 1 o'clock. And um, it's a tradition, an annual tradition that we have here at Portland Friends of the Dhamma, um, and in our monastic tradition and lineage in the West, 
and connected to a lineage and tradition in the East, in the East and West, and Thailand, uh, of coming together as a community with a, with a monk or a nun, with a monastic, to uh, request the five precepts for lay people. Or, if you've already been living on the five precepts for lay people, it's an opportunity to renew your commitment to them. So, you know, not taking the life of any living creature, not uh, uh, taking anything, that which isn't freely offered, uh, not lying, not engaging in sexual misconduct, uh, and not... um, using uh, intoxicating drink and drugs. <clears throat> and so this bit, you know, is what can really out you as a Buddhist. <laughs> You're going along fine, doing your meditating, hanging out, <laughs> coming in, <laughs> sitting down. And then, you know, for me, uh, I realized that uh, to really settle my mind and my heart, I needed to get a handle on my behavior. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, so I started practicing with the precepts and um, uh, investigating them further and practicing within a community, uh, the precepts. And um, over time, I've renewed them you know, year after year after year. And in our tradition, when you take them for the first time with uh, a, a monk or a nun and um, in our lineage... Uh, we call it an upasika renewal because upasika literally means to draw near. So one who draws near. So it's one who draws near to um, the particular lineage, this monastic form in this particular lineage. Uh, there's something that you're drawing near to. It's not sort of uh, nebulous. And then uh, living on the five precepts is this foundational bit to being an upasika, to drawing near to the, to the monks. Um, and so, you know, most people who come here, who sit here, are not living on the five precepts. They, nobody's expected to. It's not a requisite of walking in the door or being here for 20 years, you know. Uh, but it is some. It is a way that some Buddhists choose to deepen their practice. And so, uh, in the early days, in the early days, this is a twenty-six hundred-year <laughs> tradition. But in my early days, eighteen years ago, <laughs> we would go. We didn't have a monastic presence here, and we would drive down to California, to the monastery in California, and take our Upasika vows there, a little caravan, you know, a little fun road trip. And, uh, and that was a way of just recommitting every year to this lineage, to this uh, tradition, to these monastics. <clears throat> and now uh, we do it here. So it's just an evolution as these kind of lay centers in the West, in the U.S., pop up and evolve. You know, we get to sort of bring in more and more of these traditions of our elders and of our 
um, teachers and of our lineage. And uh, we did it before, I think the last time we did it was before COVID. I can't remember last. <laughs> it's really the before times and the after times now, and it's all just a blur. <laughs> What's happened when? Um, but now we're in the process of establishing an annual Upasaka renewal here. And what's even sweeter about it, I think, is that it's also just an afternoon of teachings with um, our, our monk. <laughs> I'm sure he does not like that. <laughs> it's an independent spirit, Ajahn Sudanto. Uh, with Ajahn Sudanto, Ajahn just means teacher, Ajahn Sudanto, who uh, will be coming out from White Salmon um, at 1 o'clock today. So we'll take the precepts. There's a little bit of ceremony, just like there's a little bit of ceremony when we start our um, group every Sunday morning, a little bit of ritual. And then we'll take the precepts together, a little bit more ceremony. And then we'll have the opportunity to hear some teaching, to sit meditation again, uh, to uh, come to draw closer to someone who's been living in robes in this tradition, the contemplative lifestyle, for 24 years or something at this point. So it's, uh, I think, you know, it's a precious opportunity, <coughs> even if I wasn't a Buddhist <laughs> It would feel like a precious opportunity, interesting. I was like going to a museum. <laughs> What's this? <laughs> what do they know? <laughs> There's so much going on here. Oh, uh-oh, my volume is too low. It's probably me, but we've got Deborah wanting me to speak up, so I'll do that. Uh, <clears throat> so it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, it's an interesting marriage, this place, of a kind of, um, you know, deeply significant religious experiences <laughs> and hanging out over coffee, you know, and coming in just to sit, just to sit in meditation on the Sunday morning. And sometimes, you know, uh, my friend Jim in the back there, you all met him on your way in. He said, how you doing? And I was like, I'm nervous. <laughs> And he said, why? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> because it's weird. <laughs> we've got our Sunday sila, and then we've got, our, we've got this uh, you know, kind of ceremony. There's people here who have never been here before. There's people here who have been here a thousand times. You know, there's people taking the precept. There's people who have been on the precepts for 20 years. Um, there's eating. Somewhere in the middle, we're going to eat food, you know. <laughs> if people brought food, we'll eat it. But as <laughs> this, this tradition, this particular lineage um, is strong in Dhamma uh, and light in organization. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's my training. You know, is to sit up here without notes, you know, or books or a plan, to speak from the heart, to speak to the room. Um, we have these kind of traditions, these rituals, these rites and rituals that we've developed over the years. Some of them, I have to be honest, I can't, I can't tell you if we made them up 
<laughs> they come from Thailand, or if they come from California, or if they come from or ancient Buddhism. I probably shouldn't be admitting this. Skula listens to these, so she'll just cut that out <laughs> if she needs to. <laughs> Before it goes up in, uh, in front of the world on the World Wide Web. <clears throat> but this is, a, this is a ship, you know, that's being built while it's being sailed. And so being open to, oh, I don't, I've never heard of this. This is really different. This is not, what are you doing? You don't really know. I don't really know either. <laughs> Let's sort it out. Do the best we can. Bring... Um, right intention, so right motivation. We can bring uh, a sense of um, non-harming, non-greed, non-ill will to everything we do, even as we're building it, even as we're making it. Um, uh, we can bring, uh, so we can go a step further, we can bring a sense of metta, a sense of loving kindness, a sense of generosity and helpfulness. Um, a sense of uh, gratitude to everything we do here. <clears throat> and curiosity. You know, a, a place that's a bridge is, uh, I suppose I could just dig into the analogy if I really wanted to, but, <laughs> you know, a place that's a bridge is really moving from one place to the next all the time. You know, it's a living object, there is a journey happening. Uh, so it's never going to be the same from one minute to the next, from one Sunday to the next, from morning Sunday Sila to afternoon uh, Upasaka renewal. Yeah, and the extent to which um, we come in the door, and we come in in harmony, we meet in harmony, we uh, leave in harmony, uh, is the extent to which we'll enjoy our experience while we're having it. <clears throat> I sort of, uh, uh, you know, I, I get to turn around and face the Buddha <laughs> whenever I sit up here, and I usually sort of, you know, make a little eye contact. <laughs> okay, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> you just, you got to have fun. You know, and so I see the Buddha, and I, I try to connect right away. Like, this isn't about me. This isn't about them. This isn't about having a good experience. This isn't about saying the right things. Uh, it's about having a refuge and being awake and present and bringing goodness as much as possible. Uh, so I had, we had an extra little, you know, a little bit extra eye contact this morning. Uh, and that's just the way. You know, when anxiety is coming up, how do I settle? How do I come back to the present moment? Um, how do I stay uh, in the room, in my body? You know, for me, it's a connection to this, to this lineage, to this tradition, to this framework. And any bit of it that comes up uh, for us uh, can be drawn upon. And, um, and quite beneficial. <clears throat>